Let the church say amen. amen. You may be seated. Some of you are new here and you're going, oh, Lord. Them people crazy up in there. Well, I got news for you. Number one, we, we is a little crazy. And I know that ain't the best vernacular in the world. But the Bible says, Paul says that we have become fools for Christ. So we're, we're a little crazy for Christ. We, we actually believe what we sing about around here and what we preach about. <clears throat> and I could actually tell in that moment as we're singing, you keep hope alive, that I'm surrounded by people who have come face to face with that reality. If it were not for the gospel of Jesus Christ, we would be absolutely hopeless. God is so, so good. Hey, before I get into it today, I, I just want to take a moment. And it was in my notes. I knew it would happen today. And I just want to kind of share what I'd already put in there, but what I'm feeling on my spirit right now. I, church, I am so grateful for you. If you've been around here a while, you know that every summer during July, it's kind of my study month. I, I get away, I hunker down, I do some retreats, I, I, I pray, I try to plan out the next year preaching schedule, and I sometimes teach at other churches, and so I've been away the last couple weeks out on the West Coast preaching, and I, I just, I gotta tell you, like, and I hope you know this, there, there are very few places on the planet like New Hope Church. I... I um, like last week, I was wanting, I was wanting to be worshiping. I was getting ready to get on the stage to preach, and it was good. These are great churches that I'm preaching. I mean, like leading churches in our nation, but, but they aren't New Hope. And I say that with humility. I mean, I'm, I'm not boasting in any kind of way in you, but I just want you to know what we have here. From the parking lot in, the world changers of this church are second to none. To the cafe people, to the resource center, to the ushers, to the greeters, to NH students, NH kids, NH students on Wednesday nights, NH young adults on Tuesday nights, to the worship at this church, to worship. To those of you who come in during the week and serve as world changers, to the amazing pastors and staff that we have at this church. I just hope we never, ever take it for granted. And I just, I return, I return every July just so thankful for who you are as a church and so honored to, to serve you and love you and know you. Um, I don't know where I'd be without this church family. You, you minister to me as much as I minister to you. So praise God. Um, hey, you guys been enjoying this series? Summer 2022, and uh, just really, really grateful for people like our executive pastor, Reese Whitehead, to Abby Ferguson, who teach around this church. So grateful. They've been hitting on some really important themes that we've been covering, and I'm just so, so grateful for them. Today, we're going to gather around the table. Now, if you're kind of new to Christianity... This is what's called a sacrament. Maybe, maybe you haven't been to church in a while and you remember going as a kid. This is what's called the Lord's Supper or Holy Communion. Or for some of you, I know we have a lot of Catholics here. Uh, you call yourself, I don't call you this. Some of you call yourself recovering Catholics. We're so grateful that you're here. In the Catholic church, it's called the Eucharist. And what does the Eucharist mean? In Greek, it's actually Eucharistia. And it actually means thanksgiving. This is the great thanksgiving. 
It's not the third Thursday in November, though that is good. Can I get an amen? I love me some Thanksgiving. I mean, it doesn't taste like turkey. It doesn't taste like my grandma, Ida Kelly's sausage stuffing. Oh, glory to God. How many of you, how many of you eat your stuffing? You, you stuff it in the bird. Show of hands. Yeah, I don't trust you people. I don't trust you people. That's nasty. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I can tell. But Ida Kelly would make some sausage stuffing. Oh, my Lord. Let me stop. But this, this, is, th- this is the great Thanksgiving. A little girl was at home, and her dad was getting ready to leave the house. And he told his little daughter that, she, that he was leaving, and she said, Daddy, will you get me something? He said, sure, honey. What do you want me to get? And she said, I don't know. Just get me something that lasts forever. That's what God has given us here. He has given us the bread from heaven that represents his body. He has given us his blood shed on a cross for us for the forgiveness of sins. It's, it's the great thanksgiving. And I wanna talk to you about that today. And in Luke's gospel, we find this, Luke 22, seven through 22. And I know you just sat down, but hey, it'll help help keep you awake. Would you, would you stand in honor of God's word today? Luke 7, Luke 22, 7 through 22. Here we go. Then came the day of unleavened bread on which the Passover lamb had to be what? Had to be what? Not, not could have been sacrificed, not might have been sacrificed, had to be sacrificed. Jesus sent Peter and John saying, go and make preparations for us to eat the Passover. Where do you want us to prepare for it, they asked. He replied, as you enter the city, a man carrying a jar of water will meet you. Follow him to the house that he enters and say to the owner of the house, the teacher asks, where is the guest room where I may eat the Passover with my disciples? He will show you a large room upstairs, all furnished. Make preparations there. Verse 13, they left and found things just as Jesus had told them. So they prepared the Passover. When the hour came, Jesus and his apostles were reclining at the table or reclined at the table. Now check this out. They didn't, they weren't sitting at a table like we sit at when we eat. In first century Palestine, the communion tables were about yay high. They didn't have seats, so they would recline. Jesus is chilling. They're chilling at the table, man. And they're doing what they always do. They're they're eating bread and they're drinking wine. And an occasional sushi roll, glory to God, hallelujah. <laughs> but that's not in this particular passage. But, and Jesus is chilling, they're, they're, they're reclining at the table. And look at what Jesus says here. When the, when the hour had come, Jesus and his apostles reclined at the table and he said to them, I have eagerly desired to eat this Passover with you before I what? Suffer. For I tell you, I will not eat it again until it finds fulfillment in the kingdom of God. After taking the cup, he gave thanks to his father. And look at what he said. He said, take this and divide it among you. For I tell you, I will not drink again from the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. And he took the bread. Again, he he gave thanks and he broke it and he gave it to them saying, this is my body which is given for you, do this in what church? Help me out, do this in remembrance of me. Verse 20, in the same way after the supper, he took the cup saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood, which is poured out for you. 
But the hand of him who is going to betray me is with mine on the table. The son of man will go as it has been decreed, but woe to that man who betrays him. May almighty God bless the reading and the hearing, and today particularly the reenacting of his word. You may be seated. It's obvious in scripture that, that Jesus has taken the ancient Jewish feast, by the way, the most popular Jewish feast in the entire Old Testament, known as the Passover, found in Exodus 12, you can read it later, but I'm sure you will remember it, in which God was leading ancient Israel and Moses out of bondage, right? And, and, and the angel of death is gonna sweep over the people and God instructs them in Exodus 12, take blood, blood from a perfect lamb without blemish, sacrificial lamb. Take the blood and put it on the top of your door frames and I will pass over you. And Jesus comes along and he takes that sacred ancient Israel feast and he turns it into this sacrament, turns it into holy communion. Holy communion is a, check it out, take some notes with me or pictures or whatever the case may be. Those of you who are online, we're so glad you are with us as well. Holy communion is a time to commemorate. Everybody say commemorate. It is a time to commemorate. Now don't get all caught up in that word. That is just a fancy word for remember. Holy communion is a time to remember what Jesus has done for you and what he has done for me. He came from heaven, laid down his life, let his body be broken and bruised and beaten and battered. He shed his blood for the forgiveness of my sin. He was the lamb of God without blemish who died for me. So we remember, we remember what he has done. Luke twenty two nineteen. 19, come on out loud, ready? Go, this is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. They represent his body and his blood. So today we simply gather around to remember his sacrifice, to remember what he went through for you and for me. It, it just reminds us which, what we know all too well and that is, as we live on planet Earth, there is this, come on, aroma of death, is there not? This, this stench of death that's permeating planet Earth. And without the goodness of God, I am dead, I am lost, I am hopeless, but he is just that good. Come on, church, if you receive it, let me hear you say amen. Here's the second thing, here's the second. Holy communion is a time to celebrate. Now, here's, here's why this is important. In, in so many church traditions, in fact, the first time I ever received communion, I was convicted about this. In so many church uh, traditions, when you have communion, when you have a communion Sunday, everybody, for some reason, starts to get all somber and depressed as if we are at a wake, as if we are, are having a funeral service up in here today. Now, again, it's natural, right? Because I just said we commemorate what he went through. But let me just tell you, we don't stay there. 
We are people of celebration. I remember the first time. I remember the first time I had communion. I went to I went to the church where I'd started going to, and I, I became a Christian at the age of eighteen. So I was so fired up on Jesus, and I was really, really lost. And He really, really found me. And so I, I'm excited. I'd been reading about communion and stuff in the Bible. So the church sent out a word like we did this week that we got communion. So I showed up, and I was excited, man. I was ready. And I watched that old traditional church, and it was a lot of tradition. And but I watched the whole place just kind of shuffle down the center aisle as if we were going to look at a dead corpse instead of a resurrected body. We serve Jesus. He is alive. So we celebrate what he's done for us. I don't know why. I don't know why. It still blows my mind today, but so many churches look like they just received last year's tax notices. What's up with that? I don't know why, but so many Christians look like, you know, there's just a bunch of sour puss negative Eeyore, the sky is falling, chicken little kind of people. And communion reminds us, does it not? That we are victory. We, we have the victory in Christ. We are redeemed. We, come on, we are blood bought and heaven bound by the grace of Jesus Christ. Come on. It's a time to celebrate. Isaiah would get this right way back in the Old Testament. Isaiah 55. Come on, let's read some selected verses together. Go. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us was on him, and by his wounds we are healed. So we have to hold two things in tension. Yes, he was crushed. Yes, he was beaten. Yes, he shed blood for me, but come on, it is in and through that that I have peace. It is in and through that that I am healed by Jesus. Can I get an amen? Verse six, come on, keep it going. We all like sheep have gone astray. Each of us has turned to our own way and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. Now that word iniquity, it just means sin, immoral behavior. God has laid my sin. He has laid your sin on Jesus. He has taken the hit for us. That's a reason to celebrate and honor Almighty God. Come on. Verse seven. Verse seven, ready? Go. He was oppressed and afflicted, yet he did not open his mouth. He was led like a lamb to the slaughter, and as a sheep before its shears is silent, so he did not open his mouth. Verse 10, you sound great today, church. Go. Yet it was the Lord's will to crush him and cause him to suffer. And though the Lord makes his life an offering of sin, he will see his offspring and prolong their days. You, we, we are the offspring of God. We are heirs of the kingdom of God. We are adopted daughters and sons of the most high God. And he will prolong our days. Check this out. All the way into eternity. That's the goodness of our God. Hey, maybe if I just ask a few questions, it'll help this really sink deep into our soul today. What is required to get into heaven? You ever thought about that? What is required to get into heaven? Here it is, perfection. 
perfection is required to get into heaven. Is there anyone here perfect? Y'all were much stronger than the first celebration on that. I'm proud of you. I said that in the first celebration. I thought a few people were gonna pop their hands up. Hey, nobody's perfect here. Nobody's perfect here. Well, okay, follow, follow my line of thinking. Will any of us be in heaven? This is, this, you're a bunch of spiritual giants up in this church. Yes. So how does that work? If perfection is required to get into heaven, no one here, especially me, we aren't perfect, yet we believe we're gonna be in heaven. How is that possible? Jesus and his body and his blood. Come on. That he laid down for you and for me. He was the sinless one. He was the Lamb of God that John's gospel says takes away the sins of the world. He took the hit for you and for me. There had to be a sin debt paid and Jesus paid it in full. Praise God. Look at what Acts 2, 46 and 47 says. This is, this is the first church, by the way. This is Pentecost. Holy Spirit comes. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts and in their homes, breaking bread with what? With what? Glad and sincere hearts. There's the joy, the celebration, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord did what, church? The Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Here's the third thing. We're going to wrap this up. The third thing. Holy communion is a time to confess and commit. It is a time to confess my sins. It is a time for you to confess your sins. And it is a time to rise from this table and commit your life to Christ. There's no better place to recommit your life to the Lordship of Jesus than at the table of the Lord. It's here that we come and we stand before a blood-stained cross. And again, I, I know this platform is lifted up. The truth is most times I don't like that anymore. I, I would rather be down there more because the ground is level at the foot of the cross. And so we all stand here together, you and me, like we're all in this together and we stand before a cross and we confess our sins. We come before God recognizing that we have fallen short of the glory of God. Naming that, I mean like truly naming it, confessing it before God, letting him know that you're sorry that you've sinned against him, repenting, fully turning away from that sin, walking towards God and recommitting your life and my life to the advancement of his kingdom. Dietrich Bonhoeffer, I'm a big Bonhoeffer fan. I highly recommend reading anything he ever put out. Bonhoeffer said this, many Christians are unthinkably horrified when a real sinner is suddenly discovered among the righteous. <laughs> so we remain alone with our sin, living in lies and hypocrisy. He who is alone with his sins, he or she who is alone with their sins is utterly alone. Here's why that's such a powerful quote. We're all in this together. You, you, don't sit there and go, if they only knew. 
No, 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 listen, we're all in this. We have all fallen short of the glory of God. We're not one of those churches where you, you wear a mask, you know, you gotta, not, not the mask, not the medical mask. That's fine, you wear that all you want, but we're not a church that wears the mask. You know, I'm okay, everything's okay, we act like we're all fine, and the truth is we're not fine. The truth is we have struggles. The truth is we are broken. The truth is we are sinners in need of this gracious sacrament of the body and the blood of Jesus Christ. It is a place where we commit. And at the end of this worship celebration, I'm going to call these missionaries up and we're gonna commission them. We're heading to the DR this week. And I had it on the front end of this service, but late in the week I moved it to after the sacrament because the truth is, come on, this is a launching table. Holy communion, after we confess and after we commit, we are thrust back out into the world to advance God's kingdom. I was, um, the doctor has cleared me to start back exercising. If you don't know, I had an accident and I haven't been able to exercise for a while. And so the doctor has said, hey, you can get back at it. And so when I was on the West Coast this week, I got up one morning and I was, I was bound and I'm, I'm gonna work out today. Right, So I got up, and, and I should have known something was wrong when I said, well, I'm just going to take a shower before I work out. <laughs> Why are y'all laughing at me? So I took a shower. But then after the shower, I put on my, my workout clothes. Shorts, shirt, running shoes. I was ready to go work out. And then I thought, I'm just going I'm I'm, I'm to have a cup of coffee before I work out. One cup turned into a second cup. And then I realized, dang, I gotta work on that message for Sunday. So I said, I'll work out after I work on the message. So I made my way around the block in Los Angeles and I hit this little coffee shop and I'm working, I'm working on this message in my workout clothes. Working on this message. And then when I got finished, by that time, yo, it's about lunchtime. <laughs> I think, I, I, I got hungry. I'm, I'm gonna eat lunch, then I'll work out. Y'all see where this is going. I ate lunch and then I'm kinda too full. You ever get, I'm too full to work out. I'll work out later. By the time I realized it, it was like four or five o'clock. I'm still in a coffee shop and I'm, 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 I'm online. I'm just kind of wasting some time here. And I found this article. Guys, I was convicted. It nailed me right between the eyes. There's, a, there's research going on right now. There's a trend happening in our culture where people will actually put on their workout clothes, but they don't work out. <laughs> Can anybody relate? Ladies, you know you do this. You wear those yoga pants, you ain't do a bit of yoga. You're like, they comfortable. I know they comfortable. And, and so I was reading this article and this is happening and, I, and I, it nailed me. I wanna share with you what they said. There's just, there's just, they even coined a phrase. Check this out. Enclothed cognition. This, this, I'm not making this stuff up. This is why the athletic stores are tapping into this. They're gonna get everybody wearing athletic clothes not doing a daggone thing. Here it is, a phrase researchers have coined to describe the mental change, the mental changes we undergo when we wear certain workout clothes without working out. It's, it's, it's profound, is it not? I was feeling better throughout the day because I had my workout clothes on, but I had not done jack squatting. Same is true for commitment. If I think about commitment, 
but I don't ever do anything with it. I'm doing Jack's twat. I'm about to, whoa. Whoa. I wasn't gonna go there, but my tongue got twisted a little bit. I love you. This is why I love New Hope right here. Right here. If I think about it, I've done nothing. The kingdom has not been advancing. It's why James would say over there in the book of James, faith without works is dead. So the powerful thing about this table is that we come here and we remember, we commemorate. We come here and we celebrate what God has done for you and for me. But we also come here and we confess our sins and we commit. We let this table launch us back into the world to make a difference for Christ. And I've actually felt led today to actually just commend you. Again, I'm so thankful for this church, but from a different angle, let me talk to you about commitment. I'm so proud of this church these days. Do you know that just last week, a group of new hopers and staff got together in our rotunda and they prepared 20,000 meals for hungry people. 20,000 meals, unbelievable. I was around late this week and people were bringing baseball supplies for the children that we're going to serve in the Dominican Republic. So many of you are generous and we never take it for granted. You, you tithe, you honor this church with your finances so that we can continue to reach, teach and release people for the kingdom of God. So many of you serve, and again, this church, you're, the world changers of this church, they're second to none in all the different age levels on Sundays and during the week. All of you who serve our generational ministries, children, students, young adults. I've never seen a church that, that quite understands discipleship and commitment like you do. And I'm so very thankful to be a part of it with you. And if you're here and, and you're not involved in any of those ways that we're committing to Christ, I wanna invite you to let this table be a place that thrusts you into that today. Just grab any of us and we would welcome you into the team. It's time for some of us to come on out of the grandstands and get on the playing field and help us advance the kingdom of God right here in central North Carolina and beyond. And when we come to this table and we confess our sins, here's the good news. God is a God who forgives us. 1 John 1, 9, let's read this one out loud. If you haven't placed this verse of scripture to memory, I highly recommend it. 1 John 1, 9, go. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. Let the church say, praise the Lord. So today... I wanna give you a chance to commune with God. I wanna get out of the way, that's why we call it communion, and I wanna give every single one of you with me, I'm right here at the table with you, to commune with our gracious God. And I've asked for a song to be sung, 
And so John, our new worship pastor and the team, they're gonna come out and they're gonna sing a song over us today. And in your chair right in front of you, you can grab it now and hold it or you can wait, it's no hurry, whatever you wanna do. It can be powerful to hold it in your hands while we do this, but you don't have to. We're gonna sing a song and it's a powerful one, church. And it's called Nothing Else. And it's a chance for us to take some time to do business with God. To take some time to remember. Oh, to remember what he has done for us. When was the last time you just closed your eyes and reflected on a blood-stained cross? Thought about Calvary, the blood drawn from Emmanuel's veins for the forgiveness of your sin and mine. To celebrate as we're singing, to, to actually let your heart rejoice in the fact that if you are a Christian, you can take delight and comfort in the fact that this old sin-scarred ball of dirt called planet Earth is not your home. You are blood-bought and heaven-bound. To celebrate that he's forgiven you of your sin. And lastly, to confess. Not in some generic, Lord, I'm sorry. No, 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 no. Like, Lord, I'm sorry for blank. Hey, God, that, that time I said that to my loved one. God, that, that time that I've turned a cold heart to people in need. God, that time I cut that person off on the highway, they cut me off and I kind of gave them the table for one sign. Don't do that. Don't do that. Especially if you've got a New Hope sticker on your car. Don't do that. But all joking aside, Lord, I'm, I'm sorry. I plead the blood of Jesus today, Lord. I need your cleansing power. I need you to forgive me. And then, when I come up in a moment, we'll receive together. Lord, I recommit my life to you. I rededicate my life, my parenting, my marriage, my, my work, my whatever it is you're involved in. I, mean, I, I recommit my dating. I, I recommit it all to you, God. And this song is so powerful. Here's some lyrics, check this out. I'm called up in your presence. We call this communion because he is here with us and we can commune with him through the receiving of bread and wine. I just wanna sit here at your feet, Pastor John will sing. I'm called up in this holy moment. That's why we call it holy communion, at least I do. Staff have picked on me in the past before, like, why do you call it holy communion? Isn't it just communion? I don't know, maybe it's just the way I was trained, but this is a holy meal. This is a holy moment. I never want to leave. I'm not, I'm not, I love this next part. I'm not here for blessings, Jesus. You don't owe me anything. Then it says this, more than anything that you can do, I just want you. I just want you, Lord Jesus. And then there's this part in the song where it really is about confession. Check this out. I'm sorry when I've gone through the motions. Anybody ever gone through the motions of their faith? Come on. I'm sorry when I just sang another song. Take me back to where we started. 
I open my heart up to you. Last few lines. I'm sorry when I've come up with my own agenda. You ever done that? I have. I'm sorry when I have forgotten that you're enough. Then it says, take me back to where we started. Nothing else will do. Hey, I've been asking the Lord to create a moment here where you and I forget about everything but our relationship with Christ. Forget about what you gotta do later today. Forget about what you feel like you gotta do tomorrow. Forget about where you're gonna eat lunch. A meal is prepared for you that will quench your thirst and satisfy your hunger more than any other food that you will ever eat. So I'm asking that we commune with God in this moment. Father, we pray that your Holy Spirit would continue to descend on us today. Father, we ask that you give us the ability to black out everything else but the words that will be sung and our relationship with you. Father, help us remember today. Help us to celebrate. God, help us to realize that our sin nailed you to a cross and help us to be people of confession and commitment from this table. We pray it all in the powerful name of Jesus Christ, amen.
body of Christ broken for you for the forgiveness of your sins the blood of Christ shed for us all for the forgiveness of our sins pray with me Father God we thank you this holy moment in which we figuratively in our minds, oh God, we sit at your feet. We worship you. We remember the cross. We remember the blood that you shed there for us. And we confess our sins to you. Father, I'm going to get out of the way in this moment and just let your people confess sins. Come to God with a broken and contrite heart. Tell him you're sorry. Name your sin. And recommit your life to Christ this day. Forgive us, Lord. Cleanse us from all unrighteousness. For you tell us in your word that if we confess our sins, that you are faithful, you are just to forgive us and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. We need that cleansing power today. We pray all of this in the name of the one and only the King of kings, the Lord of lords, the Christ over all creation. And we pray those words that you told us to pray, Lord Jesus, 2,000 years ago, praying out loud, saying together, our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And give us this day our daily bread and forgive us of our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever, amen. If you don't have it in your hands yet, and just reach down and grab the communion. If you're in the front row of any section, it's in the basket. Turn it where the bread is on the top, the wafer. Peel that cover off. It's the body of Christ. Broken for you. For the forgiveness of sins, let us taste and see that the Lord is good.
turn it over, peel the top off of the fruit of the vine, the blood of Christ shed for you, beloved, for the forgiveness of your sins. Let us taste and see that the Lord is good. Father, we give you thanks for this mystery, this sacrament of Holy Communion. Thank you for making us one with you, Lord God, one with one another. May we be the body of Christ, oh God, redeemed by your blood. May we go from this table into the world, making a difference where we live, where we work, on Sundays at New Hope Church, on mission fields. We recommit our lives to you, Lord God, today that we might continue to reach people for the glorious gospel of Jesus, that we might teach them the word by living the word, and we might release world changers, be glorified and honored in all that we say and all that we do. We pray it in Jesus' name. And all of those who love the Lord said together, come on, church. Amen, amen and amen. While you're seated, these folks I'm gonna to invite to come right on up here. Rest of you can be seated. Give it up for these missionaries today. So we're heading to the DR this week to serve a pastor by the name of Ezekiel. And they lead a church called Jehovah Nisi. And we're gonna serve this entire community. We're gonna put on vacation Bible school for all the children. We're gonna do three latrines where they can have some water and a decent place to um, use the bathroom and those kinds of things. We take so many things for granted here, guys, in America. We're gonna serve them and we're gonna deliver all the baseball stuff that you've brought. These folks are going. Um, I'll come back, I'll come back a little early. I'll be in church with you on Sunday. I'll be able to give a report from the mission field. But we wanna send these folks off today, amen? We wanna, here's a churchy word for you. We wanna commission them. We wanna commission them into the mission field because check it out, we don't go by ourselves. We go as an extension of you. We represent new hope in this part of the world. And so we're gonna read a commissioning together. There'll be a place that I read. Then there'll be a place that you read. And if you're online, you can join us. Read, read the place where it says new hope family. And they'll read the place where it says mission team. Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, whom shall I send and who will go for us? And I said, here I am, send me. These missionaries have heard the voice of the Lord and echoed Isaiah, send me. Come on, you hope family, let's read this out loud together. We present these servants before you, Lord God, committing to pray for them in their service to you. We send them out as ambassadors for Christ. All right, mission team, go.
Amen. Lord God, you tell us in your word to go into all the world and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. We have heard your great commission and we are humbled to serve on your behalf. Family, we send these your missionaries out as an extension of ourselves, asking for your protection, favor, and kingdom impact. Mission team. Come on, family, together. Use them, Lord God. Mission team. Use us, Lord God. Everyone, like you mean it out loud. Use us all together, Lord God. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Amen.